No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you. Jordan Simone on vacation. We'll be back on the program on Monday. So he is uh, his 2020 chapter is complete here on this program. He'll kick us off in 2021 on Monday. Sean, how are you feeling on Wednesday? Got the golf polo on. Rumors, sources tell me yeah. in the pre-show meeting there's a little golf being played from you later. It must be nice. I'm looking outside. Yeah, it's cold out there. It's like 30 <laughs> degrees out there. You're well, playing golf today. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's a little bit chilly here too. As a matter of fact, Chris, it is a. I know you're in. Where are you at now? You're in. You're in. I'm in New York. You're I'm in New York in the, right now. Hometown uh, house. Yes. It is a very I'll chilly. 55 degrees right now Ooh, here in Gilbert, Arizona. Nice. So a little 55 degree. But yeah, we're going to get out. Uh, our mutual friend, Sean Stanable, and I going to go play a uh, week paw this afternoon. So haven't golfed in about six months. Going to hack it up. Probably not the course to go to if you haven't golfed in a while. But no. what the hell? Let's just go have a let's just go have a good time yeah. this afternoon. So I'm looking forward to it. Haven't had a chance to get out for a while, so it should be fun. That's in the lead number one. Sean Crespin yeah. shoots over or under a, uh, a 100 today on the oh, course. Under, I'll take the over. No, I'll under the over under 100. Yeah, over 100 today. Under 100. Definitely not getting into the 80s today, but I'll be under 100. I'll I'll put this on social media for you. I'll tag you with every shot. How about that? <laughs> with that in mind, let's get this program started and tell everybody what is in the lead on a Wednesday. This is the one they're talking about. Look out, Sean. Stop the presses. Go over to ESPN.com. You look at those standings in the NBA. First place, Phoenix. Suns. Yes. Let's Three go. Let's go. Listen, Four. Suns are playing some good basketball right now. But am I the only one that just remembers last year? Uh, what were they? Seven out of the first 11 they won. They came yeah. out of the gates hot. And I said, well, wait till Christmas. Because after Christmas, teams have really found their way. Let's see what happens. But, Sean, we're, we're after, after Christmas. Christmas now. <laughs> so we, let's go, baby. Get, so we got Gotta take Parade it serious. Uh, that's a good win for the Sun. And, and listen, it's good to see um, you know some of the new additions playing well, right, and starting to find their way within this roster as well. Uh, and, and right now, they're playing good basketball. There's no other way to cut it. I mean, Devin Booker didn't have a statistically great night last night, and the Suns ran away with it. When was the last time you said that? That Devin Booker didn't have a statistically great night, and the Suns pulled away handedly in the second half last night. That is really, really good news if you're a Suns fan, that you can beat a decent Pelicans team, right? They're not world beaters in the the conference or anything, but that's a decent basketball team. Devin Booker had an off night. You pulled away. I'm sorry, but that's good news. I understand we're only, what, four games in in this thing? Suns are 3-1 and out of the first four. But that is good news, that Devin Booker doesn't have to be there and light up the box score night in and night out for you to pull away from a decent opponent. That's good news. And, Sean, only nine points from Chris Paul in this game as well. I know he added the nine assists, but the scoring came from Jay Crowder. He led the team with 21 points. So you're seeing that this approach that the Suns have of really kind of rounding out their roster, the Chris Paul trade, the addition of Jay Crowder, really lengthens this team out. And that's been one of the sore spots for them, not only not having the star power to go with Devin Booker, they achieved that with Chris Paul, but just not having other guys that can take on the burden. And I think last night was a great example of that burden can be shared by others on on a regular basis. Now... I will say this, Sean. I'm not trying to throw cold water on everything. I don't think you can play this way every night and have sustained success. I don't think you can be like, hey, Devin, only score eight points every night. I don't think we'll be talking about a Phoenix Suns playoff team. I think they are going to have to 
Devin Booker is going to continue to have to be Devin Booker for this team to have sustained success. But it is nice on those nights when he doesn't have it that other people can pick up the slot. Yeah, and listen, I mean, in the NBA, your stars have to be stars or you're not going to be anything. It just is what it is, right? Your stars have to be stars consistently if you want to be a, a team that's in the conversation late in, in the NBA season. But eight points last night. Eight points. Dude was three of nine from the field, two of seven from behind the arc. And, and the Phoenix Suns won 111 to 86. I mean, that that usually isn't the case when Devin Booker doesn't show up, you know? And so it, that, that, that's good news. You know, now now you the Suns have a nice little stretch here where I think we're going to have an idea of what this team is going forward. Uh, you have the Jazz coming up now, you know, where they're, they're playing some decent basketball teams over the course of the next four or five. You're going to have an idea of what this team is. But right now it's coming out of the gates, man, with an abbreviated, po- abbreviated offseason with new pieces in this lineup that you're can you're 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 counting on to give you consistent quality minutes and the Suns are three and one out of the shoot. I don't think you can ask for much more. And that one loss was a close loss on the road against the Kings. Very easily and, could be undefeated right now. And I'll add Sean, right? It's not extremely less, but a shorter schedule, right? So you can't afford to miss opportunities, and so the Suns not doing that uh, is certainly a positive sign. Sean, I want to take some time here uh, in our second story mm-hmm. in the lead and and just discuss the the courageous news that we saw out of Tucson yesterday in which the University of Arizona men's basketball program showed outstanding just courage and integrity of the highest level by coming out and saying, you know what, we are going to self-impose a one-year postseason ban. And, you know, we are we are going to self-impose this punishment because of the notice of allegations that has been levied against us by the NCAA. So we're going to take this burden. We're going to take this responsibility. We don't need the NCAA to do it. We're going to do it to ourselves. How courageous of an effort. And if you can't hear the sarcasm I'm picking up on it, voice, yeah, uh, listen, this isn't just a U of A thing. This is every team that does this. I have the same take. It's really nice that you got to pick and choose the nice soft landing spot from your punishment after years and years of denying doing anything wrong and saying, no, it couldn't be us. Now you pull the old LSU after they win the national championship in college football and say, you know what? This year when we suck and the bowls don't really matter, yeah, this is the year we're going to sit out. We won't play this one. That's basically what U of A is going to do. And, Sean, it's not like it would really matter anyway because Sean Miller would just get U of A to, like, the Sweet 16. They'd be out in, like, the second or third there round. So you're not really missing much. There we go. They're not missing any games by instituting a postseason ban. So, you know, good for him. All right. Though the fan in me agrees with everything you're saying, the person that has to be realistic here on on, on the program uh, will tell you this. This is exactly what U of A should be doing. You know, if, if you got the – so here's how it works. The NCAA sent you a notice of allegations, right? They sent you their findings of their investigation, and then you have a few months to rebuttal and send a letter back to the NCAA, and then they have a few months to consider your rebuttal and get back to you again. But if your expectations are that you're going to get a one-year postseason ban if you're U of A – why wouldn't you just get it out of the way now yes, and not let this linger into next year? And all of a sudden, you're you know next year when things hopefully are back to something that feels more normal. All of a sudden, now you're getting hit with that postseason ban. Do it now. And there's all this uncertainty and un you know unclear about what the postseason is even going to look like. Get it out of the way. Why why put this thing on? But I do understand what you're saying about you know you go what three years now i think it's three years of of deny 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 only to say yeah we had some people that were uh you know not exactly holding up high standards here in the facility and then we'll go ahead and take our punishment that is it on it, our terms not it, your terms, yeah, our terms. It, it comes off a little i get it i understand it but this is exactly what they should be doing in a year that's full of uncertainty take your punishment now when things feel normal next year you're good 
You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you this. Don't let it impact future recruiting, right? Exactly right. Don't let it impact anything in the future. Just get it out of the way now. You know, and, and there will be an NCAA tournament this year. Like, let's not kid ourselves. The amount of money, which was over $300 million that they lost by canceling the tournament last year, the NCAA, it, it, you know, it's, its members, they, they can't afford to lose that money again. There will be an NCAA tournament of some form this year well, so they have will... time to create a bubble if need be right yes. last year it kind of happened we all were kind of reacting in real time it was a right. little unfair to expect them to be able to put something together in such a short amount of time right so there will be a tournament so therefore they will get their postseason ban out of the way i mean it's it's a it, it's exactly what the u of a should be doing if they had any thought that if they sent a rebuttal to the NCAA, and who knows, this doesn't just wipe that away, by the way. This this doesn't. There still could be more coming from the NCAA in terms of punishment. But if they thought that their punishment from the NCAA, should they send a rebuttal, and then you wait for the reply, and next thing you know, it's into April, and you, the postseason for this year has already passed, and now we're looking at a, a ban for next year. If they thought that was the case, no, you get it out of the way now. This is exactly what they should be doing. Um, it does come off. I understand what you, I understand your sarcasm to start the story, but this is exactly what they should be doing. Like I said, they're only going to miss like one or two extra games at the end of the year anyway, so it's not there really. There it is. But they also matter. they also have to sit out. Postseason includes your conference tournament, so that's no Pac-12 tournament and NCAA well, can't tournament. Wait for, can't wait for can't wait for the U of A fans to claim if they win the regular season Pac-12, be like regular season champs. They'll put it everywhere. It'll be <laughs> great. Uh, speaking of the other team, uh, the other college team in town, ASU basketball. They will not be playing uh, on Thursday. Their game against Washington State postponed due to uh, COVID-related issues. And, Sean, I think you brought this up in the pre-show meeting that we had. They've postponed this game against Washington State but have said nothing about the game against Washington over the weekend, which could open the door for them to be able to play. Makes makes us think that maybe these are issues that could get resolved by the time they have to travel uh, to this game in Washington, but we don't know. We don't know. Uh, ASU's policy, like most colleges, and uh, you know they, they, don't, they don't give exact – you know numbers or uh, information about what's going on in these instances. They just they just tell you, listen, the game's been postponed. That's a good word to use, opposed to cancel. Postponed. You hope that maybe when Washington State comes to you to ASU later in the in the year, maybe you can make this game up somehow. But the game is postponed. But you're right. We don't know if this is is contact tracing or if it is um, you know an outbreak of of positive tests. So if it's contact tracing. You know, you're going through that that time where you just have to test negative, and then maybe potentially they can fly Friday to go play the the Saturday game against Washington. We don't know that. Uh, so as of right now, ASU is kind of on hold for when it comes to basketball, which is unfortunate because they've already had a couple of weeks off. Um, the Utah game earlier in the year was canceled due to Utah having COVID issues, and then you remember when the in the um, the tournament that they were they were playing at, uh, at Mohegan Sun. That whole schedule yeah, got changed. Yeah, yeah, but that this is the first time it has something to do with ASU, like an issue within their program. The other cancellations and schedule changes have been due to outside influences. This is the first time it's within the program. So we'll see. Again, they've postponed, not canceled, postponed the game against Washington State scheduled for Thursday. There is no news as of right now. We're recording this at 10.30 a.m. on Wednesday. There is no news as of right now whether or not they'll be playing Saturday against Washington. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, Bobby Hurley's squad wait, you know, kind of chomping at the bit to get back on the floor. Lots of football, uh, important football to be played this weekend. One of the games is specifically in the AFC that people will be keeping their eye on. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns need to win in order to solidify their postseason spot. There's other ways for them to get in, but they control their own fate. Win and you're in if you're the Cleveland Browns. Well, they potentially got a gift in the form of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're sitting Ben Roethlisberger for this game. Mason Rudolph 
will be starting. And and Sean, uh, listen, I know I'm being extremely sarcastic and funny here in the opening part of the show. But uh, do we remember the last time Mason Rudolph played the Browns? Didn't didn't really end well. I think there was a helmet swung. There was, was a helmet um, swung. A little bit of an uh, outbreak great. fight there at the end yeah, of that. Uh, it was a Thursday night, as a matter of fact, if I remember. So there right. are prop bets up about if will a helmet be <laughs> thrown. Stop it. There I, is I, not. No, I got it. I got an email in my inbox today that I will share with you after the show. There are prop bets. On this. <laughs> uh, no, listen, this is good news for the Browns, right? The Browns are one of the lucky teams. When you look at their playoff, uh, you know, how you how you get in in week 17, they have the, the, the magical word of or, not and, right? So they win or have other things happen and they get in. If it's win and, then you're, then you're in trouble. But right now, the Browns just have to win or they have other options to get in. I think the Browns sneak into the playoffs, but this definitely is good news for them, right? You know, Big Ben apparently hyperextend, hyperextended both knees over the course of the last Ow. few weeks. So he's, he's he's banged up, and that's why the Steelers can't fall anywhere outside of the third spot. So they're locked in. So why not, right? Put a guy in who has experience as a starter in Rudolph. It's not like what we're going to talk about in the next segment with the Rams where you're rolling somebody out with no NFL snaps. Uh, so they're rolling out a guy that's got you know starting experience within this system and, and should be okay. But if you're the Browns, you're feeling pretty good going into this football game. Will Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph make contact with each other before or after the game? Yes is plus 350. No is minus 600. What, what is contact? Is that the bro hug? Is that the, hey, we're over uh, this yeah, bro the, hug? The, the, the little fist bump. You know, yeah. the little, hey, man. We're good. You get that. Now, before or after the game, they also have will a penalty be thrown against Miles Garrett for a personal foul after contacting Mason Rudolph? And then will any Steelers <laughs> or Browns players be thrown out of the game in Week 17? So, uh, okay. That's, uh, there you go. There you have it here. Right. Uh, last one for you, Sean. What's Give up? Me, put the 60 seconds in the corner. Oh, he's got Just some. Play me my baseball music. He's got yes, some. Here I we do. go. I always have All right, let's go, Schubert. Things. Let's and, go. And listen, we talked about him earlier in the week on the Monday show. I'm going to talk about him again because the San Diego Padres are trying to get invited to the adult table. They make a trade for Blake Snell. They then make a trade for you, Darvish. And, Sean, I'll use the analogy that I used with you. It's like, it's like when you have a big Thanksgiving gathering with all your friends and family. You have everybody coming over. I know we couldn't do that this year, but in years past. And there's the kids' table where all the kids hang out. And then as you grow older and older and older, you reach that point where you then get invited over to the adult table. Well, the Dodgers, they're the kings of the adult table. The San Diego Padres, are. this is year one where they've been invited to the adult table. They were at the kids' table for a really long time. They've been invited to the adult table. But everybody still kind of give them the side eye. Uh, you, are you going to throw your mashed potatoes at Aunt Sally? Or are you going to share the corn? Like, or, you know, we don't know yet. We don't know how this, this you know, this kid's going to act at the big table. We'll see how the San Diego Padres act here in 2021. But uh, they're making moves. They're trying to compete with the Dodgers. And it's fun to see. Fun to see. Clock is. You like my Thanksgiving analogy? It was okay. I don't know how well it landed. But listen, that rotation. Um, Fun. Looking pretty good. Smell, Darvish, Lamet, Chris yeah. Paddock. If you're the D-backs Mike here. out for the year, but he's there. Yeah, if you're a Dimebacks fan, I'm sorry. Because you were trying he's to sell me. Here, here, what the hell? Let's let's just, let's let's do this here. This is because it's the holiday season and I'm feeling <laughs> good, Schubert. Here we go. Start it back up. Uh, so you tried to sell me that the Diamondbacks were still. This was, this was. This was before the Padres made these trades. I want to make yes. it clear. Before they acquired a Cy Young winner and you Darvish. Right. Also, you were, you were trying to tell me that the D-backs were still the, the, the second best team in this division. And I told you, based off of what? And you were telling, oh, don't go by last year. Their lineup, this and that. They, you know, it, that conversation's what? over. No, no. Yeah. Nope. You're, you're going to finish third or fourth in your division now. Sorry. You're out. 
Yeah, uh, the Padres are they're making moves. They're making moves and they're trying to compete with the Dodgers. I still think the Dodgers are, are clear and way the, the better team lineup wise and the pitching is close. But the Padres are going to make it fun. But if you ask me seven game series, I'm, I'm taking the Dodgers. All right, you can fade the music out. I don't okay. know. Right, I don't well, have 120 yeah. seconds of baseball. You still got 11 the, the seconds if you want it. seconds of baseball. Okay. I don't need it. I don't need it. All right. All right? I, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it for in the lead. Yes, that is all we have here at the top of the show. But coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals find themselves one win away from a postseason berth. But has this team really improved? We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. If you lived in the Valley for any time, you've seen it. You know No Bowl. You know Earnhardt Auto Centers. 19 different Arizona locations, 21 dealerships. they got 17 different brands. So whatever you've got your eye on, they got you covered. If you live north, south, east, or west in the Valley, they've got somewhere near you where you can get that new vehicle that you've got your eye on. Obviously, with social distancing as well, NoBull.com. Just go to nobull.com, check out the middle of the page, right in the middle towards the header there. You'll see the Noble Express option. Click that bad boy, and the entire buying process will be an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home. You get to test drive a vehicle that they'll drive right to your front door. The financial application's all done online. Once everything's finished, they're going to bring your new car right back to your front door as well once that purchase is over. You don't have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment of world-class service and prices that absolutely cannot be beat. The Earnhardt name, you know you can trust it. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and NoBull.com. That ain't no bull. Sean Crespin, the Arizona Cardinals win, and they're in on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, who, by the way, will be without their quarterback and Jared Goff. They will be without their best wide receiver, a potentially. Cup, who potentially. No, I can I can tell you that this. I know you were doing prep, Ian Rappaport. It's a positive test. It's not a Ooh. contact tracing issue for Cooper Cup. So there is no Cooper Cup in this game on Sunday. So you're already down Jared Goff. You're down Cooper Cup. You're more than likely down Daryl Henderson. So your quarterback, your top wide receiver, and your number one running back are all out for this game. And the Arizona Cardinals put themselves in a position where they win. They're in to the postseason. And, Sean, that would be the first time that the Cardinals are in the postseason in five years that they will they could punch their ticket into, into the postseason, into the tournament, as you so eloquently like to say. And this is a year after they won five games. So they're already at eight wins. They could get to nine wins with a victory over the Rams. So, Sean, of course the Arizona Cardinals are a major improvement over a year ago. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They could be a playoff team. They could have upwards to four more wins than last year. Why, why did I even say out loud in the tease, have they really improved? It's clear they have, they have three more wins than last year, Sean. <laughs> That oh, Listen, the low-hanging fruit answer to that is yes, you are 100% correct because they're fighting for a playoff spot, whereas last year at this point you were playing out your final game against the Rams and you were going home. You already had the U-Haul truck ready to pack up your locker, ready to head out and head wherever you were at this point. So it feels like it's an improvement, right? It feels like this is a, an improved football team. But are they really? Because last I checked, Schubert, where we sit right now Even though the NFL moved the goalpost of how to get into the NFL's postseason tournament, they added the seventh seed to each conference, the Arizona Cardinals are still on the outside looking in. And that's despite having the NFL's eighth easiest schedule based on opponents' winning percentage. The winning percentage of their opponents this year, just 47%. So when you look at the fact, yeah, they got three extra wins, I think it's still fair to ask, how improved is this football team actually? 
and you look at statistically, and there's a lot there, right? They went from offensive stats, uh, especially, they went from 21st to 2nd in total yards per game. They went from 10th to 3rd in rushing yards per game, 24th to 15th in passing yards per game, 16th to 10th in scoring. They were averaging 22 points a game last year. They're scoring 26 points this year. But again, it's against a, a, a schedule that was pretty damn favorable for you, including early in the year when you, 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 you didn't play for the first five games a team that has a winning record this year. So you got to put context to everything. Is there improvements? Absolutely there are. Kyler Murray's improved in a lot of different areas. We covered that a few podcasts ago, right? Uh, defensively, I think they've improved significantly. I think Vance Joseph has done a great job. 32nd in yards allowed last game, last year. Uh, they gave up 402 yards per game last season. They're 14th this year. They were giving up 27 points a game last year. That's down to 23 points this year. And again, you could look at the schedule and say, uh, well, it's against inferior opponents. And that's true compared to last season. But you, if you watch the game, if you use your eyes, that defense has significantly improved. The large chunk plays that they were giving up based off of miscues and defensive issues aren't there. There's improvements there. You can see it when you use your eyes. But I'll ask you, I, I, I'll tell you this. This is a football team that, in my opinion, if I'm supposed to take you serious as a playoff contender, you shouldn't be sitting going into week 17 on the outside looking in because your schedule hasn't been that difficult. 47th is, is, is what 47% is your opponent's winning percentage, as I mentioned a second ago. And we talked about it on Monday, Chris. I want to bring up these names again. Here's the okay. list of quarterbacks. Oh, this is the you've list. Played Quarterback this list. This season, you've played CJ Beathard, Jalen Hurts in just his second NFL start, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Tua, also in his second NFL start. You had Russell Wilson twice. Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Stafford, Dwayne Haskins, and Jimmy G. Now, on our prep sheet, I highlighted put three good quarterbacks. I, I put them in bold. I italicized yeah. them. There's three quarterbacks on that list throughout the entire season that I would go into that week saying, this dude's a problem. And that's Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Matt Stafford. The rest, I'm sorry, you had the advantage at the most important position on the field. You did. And yet, you're sitting here right now needing to win a football game in Week 17 to even get in, despite the NFL adding a playoff spot for you. How improved really is this football team? Because they're three wins better, but last year you had to play Stafford, you had to play Lamar Jackson, you had to play Russell Wilson twice, you had to play Matt Ryan, you had to play Drew Brees. Last year you had a significantly more difficult schedule than you do this year. Three wins is what the difference is right now, and you're still on the outside looking in. So I do have to ask, how yeah. improved is this football team really? And I think that's a legitimate question, Chris. I, I agree. I, I do think it's a legitimate question, and, and I think the scheduling is part of it, and, and I think I'll, I'll use a word that we've used on this show a lot. I still think it's because when we watch this team on a weekly basis, I don't feel offensively they have an identity. So I don't know if they've improved as a football team because I don't know what they're really trying to be, Sean. Right? And and maybe maybe it's still because it's year two of Cliff and Kyler, but I just don't know. Like it feels like they try things and then when they don't work, they give up on them and then they go in other directions. And it just feels they can't be consistent enough to have an identity that I can then evaluate and say, okay, they're doing what they want to do on a weekly basis. And Sean, when you're searching for an identity. You want to have favorable matchups to find that identity. And the Cardinals have had that 
basically the entire season. They've played 15 games to this point in all but four of those games. In 11 of them, we on this show say you had the advantage at the most important position with a guy who's only in his second season. And yet you've only got eight wins, and two of those wins are against the quarterbacks that we said were a problem for you. But they also, team, they also came in overtime and on a Hail Mary. Right. So it's not like you, you handled those quarterbacks no. either. No. But and in, those, and in those games, sorry to cut you off, and in those games, okay. you're, you gave up an average of 32 points. So the games you won, so when we talk about, you know, you had a, you had, you had a, a, a disadvantageous uh, matchup against Russell Wilson and, and Josh Allen, those two quarterbacks averaged 32 points a game against you. So it's not like you handled those quarterbacks. You just were able no, to somehow squeak out a win. Yeah. But then against inferior quarterback play against opponents that are more favorable for you you don't have enough wins to have you in the playoffs right now you right. have to you have work to do here on the last week of the season and sean i'll ask this i'll, I'll answer your question with a question i mm -hmm. oh, love that no jared goff mm -hmm. no cooper cup mm -hmm. they're down a bunch of running backs if cliff kingsbury and the arizona cardinals lose this game this week is this season a failure and does this put cliff kingsbury on the hot seat Okay, I, I I always have a hard time calling a season a failure. Is is it disappointing? Yes, because your expectations increased after last season. You saw Kyler Murray win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Your expectations in year two, especially considering what year two looked like for you know the Mahomeses and the Lamar Jacksons and you know the rest of the, the the you know year two has been pretty favorable for some quarterbacks. So you were expecting a big boost. And again, Kyler Murray has improved in a handful of areas. But but uh, overall, I mean, what I call it a failure? No, that's 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 a little strong. But I'll tell you this: um, Cliff Kingsbury has to find a way to beat good competition. And what I mean is, in the last two years, he's three and eleven against teams with winning records, one and eight last year, two and three so far this year, with another one coming against the Rams. He's got to find a way to beat good competition. The Cardinals just don't do that right now. Is it a failure? No. I can't call it a failure because there has been some improvements across the board. Is it disappointing? Extremely, especially the way you started out the year. Um, but it's, I'm not going to call it a, a I'm not going to call it a failure. A disappointment, I think, fits better for the Arizona Cardinals if they lose this game. But I'll tell you this. Because of the numbers I just gave you, 3-11 and against teams with winning records in the last two years for Cliff Kingsbury, if you lose this game with no quarterback that has an NFL starting snap, you know, for the Rams John next Walford, year. Pride of the Arizona or for next Oscars. week. Right. If you, if you lose this game with him at quarterback, with Cooper Cup out, everything you just mentioned, Chris, how am I supposed to take you serious next year as a head coach when you're 3-11 and against teams with winning records? At that point, you'd be 3-12 and against teams with winning records, and you couldn't win a must-have game against a quarterback that's never taken an NFL snap. So I still wouldn't call it a, a, a failure of a season. You didn't. You mean you had you won eight games? Not a failure, but it would be an extreme disappointment, especially with this loss. And if you add it into the overall record of of Cliff Kingsbury against teams with a winning record, again three and twelve. I don't know how I come to the table next year um, taking you serious as a contender. I really don't. And, I really don't. And I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but it's a point that we've brought up on, on this show. Like, the, the Cardinals struggle against competition 
largely because of the, the coaching discrepancy. And guess what? All of the good teams, all the good competition, three of them are in, your, are in your division. Like, I don't think we expect the 49ers to have a sub-500 record next year. They were hurt. They, they were banged up No, they'll year. be a better team. The they'll Ram, be a much better team. The Rams, are, we know what the Rams are. They own you. They have your number. We don't need to do this again. And Seattle has reinvented themselves this year. Uh, they figured out their defensive problems midway through the season. They're running the ball better now. Like, they're not going away. So, Guess what? Here we are again. We're doing this vicious circle. We're back at the beginning of, okay, Cliff Kingsbury isn't any of the coaches in the division, He he, he even though he was hired to be the coaches in the division. He's not that. And he struggles against good competition. Oh, by the way, you have three good teams in your division. So I wonder, Sean, and this may be a nice little offseason conversation we can have, if they win this game and they go 8-8 eight and eight, and they go 9-7 and seven, or they lose this game and go 8-8, eight and eight, is this the is this the ceiling for this team? Considering they did this against inferior competition, and we know the division's not going to get worse over the next couple of years, is this an artificial ceiling for this team? I mean, it, it might be. I, again, you know my rule of thumb: three years. I, obviously, I'm giving them another year, but I, next year will be well. It's it's going to be pretty damn important for Cliff Kingsbury and company. You listen, things broke their way this year. I gave you the I gave you the quarterbacks that they faced. That's not a list that you're you're too worried about going in. Usually on a week in week out basis, but their schedule also also broke for them. I mean, listen to this: the Cardinals and the NFC West caught the NFC East as their rotation this year, right? You got to play the NFC East, every team in the NFC East. Uh, so did Seattle. So did the Rams. So did the the Browns. So did the Ravens. So did the Steelers. You notice anything with that? All of those, those teams, teams are in the postseason. The They're all in the playoffs. Like things broke your way. Sometimes the schedule breaks your way, and it does. And that's why I always tell people: stop looking at stats and put context to everything. Use your eyes. Look at the competition. Right in the NFL, the sample size is, sm- is so small. Sixteen games. You don't play everybody. Sometimes things break your way. For the Arizona Cardinals, it definitely broke your way. You played. You played the one of the worst divisions. In recent history, you got so you got four games against that division. You played quarterbacks, backup quarterback after backup quarterback. I mean, let's look at that list again. C.J. Beathard, backup quarterback. Uh, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, uh, Dwayne Haskins isn't even on a roster anymore. And Jalen Hurts was in his second start. Tua was in his second start. I mean, that's six Cam. quarter. And Cam. I mean, Cam has been awful. I mean that things broke your way, dude. Like so, you can't look at this season and give me any reason why the Arizona Cardinals shouldn't be in the postseason. And if they lose this week, they won't be. And that's why I, t- I you know, I, I, I really find it difficult to come into next year taking you serious with a three and eleven record against teams with winning records, a, a season that broke your way constantly this year constantly broke your way from a scheduling standpoint to a quarterback standpoint with the injuries you ended up having fall your way i i i just you should be in the postseason right now we shouldn't be going into a week 17 matchup against the rams for a win and get in it's going to be hard for me to come back next year taking you extremely serious and that's why i posed the question to you in our pre-show meeting and that's what led to this conversation how much improved are the arizona cardinals i think it's a legitimate question um obviously again i'm not saying this is a total failure it's it's not they are, there are there is improvement on this roster in, 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 in different places. But to me, it's almost inexcusable to have a record, or sorry, a schedule that is the eighth easiest in the league. Your opponents won just 47% of their games. The quarterback list that I just gave you, everything that fell your way to, to be on the outside looking in going into week 17 to me is, that's hard to swallow. It just is. Well, Sean, 
if they do win this game, mm-hmm. they put themselves in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They put themselves with those other teams that you mentioned there, right? You mentioned the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens. Basically, the everybody Seahawks, who played the NFC the East this year is, yeah. is in the but, postseason. But, but, yeah. but you, meant, you mentioned a bunch of playoff teams, and if the Cardinals win, they would also be a playoff team. And, you know, that got me thinking. What if we kind of looked at the, the playoff picture in the NFL and determined because I think we all agree that the Chiefs are the standard bearer in the AFC defending Super Bowl champs and the Packers are probably the top team in the in the, in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So if the Cardinals get in, what if we played a version of better or not better called contender or not contender? Oh, I'm in for that. I am in for that. Yeah. Let me get some music yeah. going for you, my friend. Thank you. Let's do that. So Week if 17. The Cardinals get in, mm-hmm. They will be able to be part of this game. So they will be one of the teams we mentioned here. And I want to make it clear. We are comparing the teams on this list to the respective one seeds in their conference. So that's the Chiefs in the AFC and then the Packers in the NFC. We have not put the Saints on this list. We think they're close with the Packers. They're interchangeable. Okay, just to set the stage here for the mm-hmm. beginning. So, Sean, okay. I will give you the team. You tell me contender or not contender. Hang on. Say, it, say it the way you're supposed to. Contender or not contender? That's good stuff, man. Appreciate that. Team number one. Okay. In the AFC. Hang on. Sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm having all kinds of issues here. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? (laughs) Sound guy. Get get fired. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Contender or not contender? You're starting out with the team that I have had the back of all year you're long but if i'm playing contender or not contender heading into week 17 with a pittsburgh steelers team that's lost three of the last four with a pittsburgh steelers team that still can't run the football they're very one-dimensional offensively with a pittsburgh steelers team that has lost multiple linebackers to that defensive unit that has just been so sensational for the majority of the season. If, if I'm going by the rules of what you said, Schubert, and I'm comparing them yes. to the top seed in the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, not a contender the oh, way they're playing wow. football entering oh. the playoffs. They, In my that opinion, hurt, the it? Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they're playing. Listen, you got to be playing your best football in December. you got to be playing your best football going into the postseason tournament. You want to be peaking at this point. You don't want to be backpedaling at this point. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, to me, are backpedaling in. If I'm comparing them to the Kansas City Chiefs with the way they're playing in December, I can't call them a contender right now. I just can't. And I understand that the Chiefs have become the first team to win, I believe, seven straight games by a total of, 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 of what is it, three points or less or something crazy. They're not playing great football right now either. But they're still the cream of the crop. They can do things to you that other teams just can't. Steelers aren't on that level. So not a contender. I'll keep my answer short because you used up all the time for both of us. I will agree <laughs> that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a contender. Uh, team number two. We got a lot of teams to get through. Yeah, what do we got? Let's go. Time. Sorry, so let's go. Let's go. Be a little quick here. Uh-huh. Team number two will stay in the AFC. Why don't we just rattle off all the AFC teams? Let's do it. The Baltimore Ravens, Sean, contender or not contender? I'm going to have to say not a contender. And the reason why is until Lamar Jackson – Listen, the next time he plays well in a, in, a, in a big game will be the first time. I mean, you go back wow. to, I think, I think it was week, to the MVP. Listen, listen, if you go back to, and I, I believe it was week two? No, week three, when they got absolutely handed 
you there, you know what, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson threw for 97 yards, dude. Like, the next time Lamar, he's 0-2 in the postseason, looked terrible against the Titans last year in the playoffs. The, the next time Lamar Jackson shows up in a huge football game will be the first. And don't give me that Browns game where he had to run to the restroom late in the football game and came back and rescued against a bad Browns team. Browns team's not that great either if you look at their overall schedule. I I can't take the Baltimore Ravens as a contender right now. I'm sorry, I can't. Shocked that you found a way to slander the Browns during this segment. (laughs) Are they on the list? Are they on the list? The answer is no. (laughs) We'll get there, okay? We'll get there. Uh Um, I agree agree with you. I'm not going to be as harsh. Because I think the moment Lamar wins a postseason game and shows to the world that, like, they can figure it out in the postseason. And it's not just him, by the way. The whole team needs to play better in the postseason because they have, have had great regular season success over the last couple of years. They just haven't been able to put together good game plans in the postseason. I think the moment they do that, people will kind of turn the page and say, oh, okay, maybe they can give the Chiefs a game. But, yes, I'm with you, non-contender. All right, Sean, we'll keep going in the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Titans, contender or not contender? Um, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call them a contender. Excuse me. Yes. Here's why. There's two things that you you must have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in this time of the year. And they only have one of them. They have two of them. They have they have a running game, and their defense at times, when playing their best, can play can play good enough to hold them in. When they when they play their best in the in the right Listen, weather, the Steelers. The difference is the Steelers are completely beat up, and those guys aren't coming back. The Tennessee Titans, if they can run the football, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, have an opportunity to be in that football game. Do they have? Am I picking them to beat the Chiefs? No. Do I believe they have what it takes this time of the NFL season in a cold Arrowhead where you go here, Henry? Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do. And, and, and again, in the NFL, you're never as good or as bad as your last game. You're never as good and you're never as bad as your last game, usually. So you look at that Packers game last week in the snow and you're thinking, Crespin, you're crazy. Listen, the Titans are not – the Titans are a team that if they, when they're running the ball well, can hang with anybody. So I, I, I have to take them somewhat serious. I do. I'm taking it you disagree with me. I'm taking it you disagree with me. Yes, I disagree. Uh, I will say non-contender because I'm suspect of his defense, right? If, if we were critical of the Steelers because their inability to play defense, and yes, it's because of injuries. It's different yes, reasons. it's different. But Tennessee's, de- Tennessee's defense is not the defense that we saw Mike Vrabel coach up last year. It's just not. Hasn't been for a while now this year. So, no, I don't think they have the pieces all right, next to get it done. So, I'm going non-contender. So, by the way, I've gone non-contender on all three teams on the list so far. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, Sean, contender or not contender? Nope, you're up. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try be that to guy. sell. If you try to sell me on this, Schubert, I'm going to stop the show right now. If you try to sell me on Fine. this, Fine. Contender. I'm going to put him oh, on the list. Get here's out of here. Here's why. Here's why. The same logic you just used for Tennessee, I think, more aptly applies to the Cleveland Browns. So okay. if that's the logic you want to use, uh-huh. then I think the only team on this list that we can say is, is the Browns. They have two running backs. That can absolutely cripple a team. I can buy that, this. That can just that can that can run it down their throats and and just keep the clock moving 
and just back-breaking, soul-crushing, soul-crushing, crippling runs with these two running backs. Then you add to it a defense. Miles Garrett can get after the quarterback. This defense can play solid. So if you're going to use that logic, I'm not. It's not my logic. This is Sean Crespin. Right. You got to be able to play mm -hmm. defense. You got to be able to run the football. The only team of the four that we've mentioned that I think fits that list right now is the Cleveland Browns. So we'll say contender. We'll two be opposite. Win, two we'll wins. All two wins against teams with winning records this year. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Two wins. Next let's the, team. Let's go to the NFC. Let's mm -hmm. Go to the NFC, Sean, and we'll start with the team in the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle Seahawks. Sean, contender or not contender? Fantasy football players will tell you they're not because they're so focused on what Russell Wilson is doing and completely ignoring what the overall team is doing. I told you that the Pittsburgh Steelers needed to be playing their best football in December, and they are not. Guess who is right now? Guess who is the healthy? The Seattle Seahawks, The Sean. Seattle Seahawks are healthy on the defensive side of the ball, and would you look at that, since Jamal Adams returned from injury, they are the number one defense in the National Football League when it comes to getting after the quarterback. This team has been playing really, really well. So, yes, the Seattle Seahawks, if you're telling me, okay, we're comparing them against a team that's currently sitting number one in the uh, in their conference, the Seattle Seahawks, they can take out that Packers team for sure. Uh, it, it, they can take out that Saints team if it ends up being the Saints. So, yeah, I, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are playing pretty good football right now. They've won – uh, five of their last six games, and the defense is healthy and pl playing really well. I know Russell Wilson isn't putting up the MVP numbers that fantasy football players love to point to and call him the MVP in week three, but the overall football team is playing really well. The Seattle Seahawks definitely are a contender right now. I agree. I think they are a contender in the NFC. By the way, for all of you Bills fans that are going to get in the mentions that we didn't mention them in the AFC portion, it's because we don't think there's a debate about whether or not they're a contender they, or not. They we are. think they are. Yeah, for they sure. are in that conversation. These are these are teams that you could go either way on. Sean, next team up in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Contender or not contender? I hate this one. I hate this one. Here, I'll, I'll tell you why. It, it's hard. Because if you look at the two teams we're comparing them to, right, they uh, absolutely have no answer for the Saints, and they absolutely blasted the Packers. So you're like, okay, well, we're comparing them to those two teams. Which one do you choose? Um, I have a hard time due to the inconsistency of this football team to call them a contender right now. But when they play their best football, they can play with anybody. So I'm going to have to get off the fence, which I'm walking right now. Yeah, you are just I will fall, down the I'll fence. fall towards contender. They have, a quarter, oh, yeah. they have a quarterback who's been there and done that. They have a front seven on that defense that is vastly underrated, maybe the most underrated group in all of football. They they have playmakers that, you know, across the board, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe the best group in football in terms of talent. I think you have to call the Bucks a contender. Absolutely. I put them on the list. And I, I agree, contender. And also, you don't have to worry about your quarterback playing in cold weather if you have to play the NFC Championship game in yeah. Lambeau because Tom Brady's been there, done that, right? So I think that is a, is a benefactor I'll tell you this. Uh, as they, well. do, they do not want to see the Saints. They, if, no, if, no, if, no, it, no. if this ends no. up lining up with them seeing the, the, the Saints, forget about it because the Saints. They're they the have Saints. their number. And right now, the Saints would get the Rams. Tampa's at the five seed. Uh, so the Saints would get the Rams if they stay at the two. And uh, would you look at that? Tampa Bay gets to go play the oh. the NFC East winner, which will be Washington, which will be uh, the Cowboys or the Giants. Take Tom in that one. 
Uh, but yeah, they don't want us. They don't want any part of New Orleans. I'll tell you that much. Next team up on the list, Sean. We do. We've been talking about them all, all throughout the show. The Los Angeles Rams, contender or not contender? Not contender. The quarterback play, even when Jared Goff is there and healthy without the broken thumb, just not consistent enough. I mean, he has got that coaching staff so frustrated with his turnover issues this year, uh, his decision-making. I can't take a quarterback with that type of decision-making in the in the NFL playoffs and expect them to go make the run from the wild card throughout. So, no, right now, even with a healthy Jared Goff, I, I don't see the Rams, despite their defense, playing really well as a contender. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I agree, a non-contender, and also we don't know if Jared Goff is going to be back, right? We just don't know how long. But even the if he is, is gonna... man, like he's he's not I, played I, good football. Yeah, I, I am. I was on this team after they beat the Bucks on Monday Night Football. I thought, man, this team looks complete. They have not looked anywhere close to that since. So I'm going to go non-contender. All right, Sean, they're not technically in the playoffs as of the moment. We talk about them on this show. They're the team in our backyard. We'll Gotta put them on include the list. Them. The Arizona Cardinals, contender or not contender? <laughs> we just spent 15 minutes telling you why I, I find destroying it. Destroying the team and I, saying I, that I they, they, they haven't improved. Listen, I'm not destroying the team, but let me, let's put some context to the Oh, you team. might make the playoffs, but you're not really improved. It's basically the, the tack that we took. But I, hey, contender or not contender, the Arizona Cardinals. They're definitely not. They're definitely, I mean, again, your, yes. your, 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 your record against winning teams was it what did I say three and eleven? So I, yeah, I mean, you, you can't. No, I can't take you serious. Your record against winning teams with Cliff Kingsbury head coach is three and eleven. You're not a you're not a contender right now. Um, I just feel bad because listen, I wasn't trying to bash him over the course of those fifteen minutes. I think it's a legitimate question. You, you every you everything broke your way this year, and you're a three you're three wins better, and currently on the outside looking in, despite everything breaking your way. So it's it's hard for outside of Chandler Jones, right? Like if you're going to look at things that you know what broke your way, what didn't break your way, Chandler, losing Chandler Jones obviously is a big hit. Even though the Cardinals still have a pass rush this year, kudos to Vance Joseph. You know the things that broke your way, the pros of the season, opposed to the cons, vastly outweighs. So I, I I I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to bash them, but no, they're not a contender. And and I really ask the question of how improved actually is this football team. Sorry. Sean, it's, it's my job on this show to give you a hard time. That's my role, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just feel I, bad, I agree. right? Like, we I got nothing we're, against no, them. No. I just, we're not you know, bashing. We're just no. laying out our argument. We're laying yeah. out a case because we think that there's more that this team can aspire to be than yeah. just eight or nine wins. And, yeah. and I think fans might fall into this trap of, oh, but we won three or four more games than we did a year ago. We have to be better. And if they regress a little bit and go six and ten, seven and nine next year, we don't want people to be shocked if that happens. Right, that they that that might be the range that they. So you're fall saying into we did year. we we did a fan PSA today is what you're saying that we we, we did today. We, okay, we did. That's, and that's... speaking of fan, speaking mm-hmm. of fan PSAs, that's what the next segment is going to be. All right, it's going to be a fan PSA to not follow Sean Cressman's gambling <laughs> advice because it is back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we wrap up the Wednesday edition of the program. Sean Cressman battles the house. It is the line is right, and we do it next year on Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone. Locally operated since 1951, a proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone Earnhardt Auto Centers. You heard me tell you about it earlier in the program, the 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, and 17 brands. Uh, it's a, it, I'll tell you this, Schubert. I don't know how many times you've walked in and purchased a vehicle in your life, but there are certain places you walk into and you just feel like, man, they're... This this guy running up to go greet me clearly out to get me. Uh, if you've ever if you've ever experienced the Earnhardt family commitment, it's just it's so low 
pressure. You walk in, you feel like you're at you're there's 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 nobody pushing you in one direction or the other. Uh, the Earnhardt difference is one you realize as soon as you walk into the front door. Uh, and I think that has to do with the fact that they've been you know doing business since 1951. You don't last that long unless you can offer your you know you can offer people just that the the fact that you don't feel like you're pushed into anything. Nobody's rushing you. Uh, and when you go to we go to any Earnhardt dealership it feels just that way and of course right now you don't even have to go to a dealership to experience it noble.com the noble express option click on that bad boy at noble.com the entire thing done from your home going to bring you a car to, to test drive we tell you about it all the time how how simone's gone through the process he had a lexus brought to his front door the financial application can be done there they can deliver the ride once you're done just check it out if you're lo- if you're looking for that new vehicle and you're still you know social distancing and all noble express option at noble.com the earnhardt name you know you can trust it 69 year commitment from the their family to yours, Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Is it time for the line is right, Schubert? It is. The best. It is. This has and been a fun stuff. show. Like we had like, you know, games and contests after you know ripping down the Arizona Cardinals on accident. I wasn't really trying to go there, but we you know since then we've had some fun, I think. Had some fun. Yeah. And this segment is always fun for me. Alright, so tell the folks out there against, how it works. How does it work? And you're playing against the house this week. So if you if you mm-hmm. just if you're new to the program you're joining us for the line is right for the first time. This is our spin on a sports gambling related segment. Sean Crespin, not not your world famous gambler, doesn't know a thing about gambling. We've now tried oh, over the last two years to educate him. No, no, yeah. Sean, just 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 okay. Let me explain. We try to educate Sean and get him to become the gambling expert on this program. And the way we do it is with this fun game called The Line is Right. And you've seen the prices, right? You know how this works. If you, you can't go over when you bid, right? So I give Sean the game. He gives me the line of the game. You know, Colts minus six and a half. You know, Tennessee plus two. Whatever the case may be. And he has to get it within a point when he's playing not against Jordan Simone, who normally plays against him. So, Sean, you're playing against the house this week. Mm-hmm. Get that one-point buffer on both sides. I give you a game. You tell me the line of the game, the gambling line, line of said game. And if you're within a point on either side, you will get a point. There are seven games. You have to get four of them. The last time we did this, you got the first four wrong. It was the easiest win of the house's life on this show. So how are you feeling going in here? It's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Feeling good? Yeah, you know, I feel fine. You know, it's not that I don't understand how gambling works, Schubert. No. All right? I understand well, how it works. Know. And I know the game pretty watch damn the well. Show, in with Crespin, they would disagree, but. I know the game pretty damn well. The problem is, like, how, uh, the lines to me make no damn sense. Usually, I get close to the opening line. I just I suck on where it's at now in terms of the you know money being moved yep. this way or that. I don't, anyway, yeah. let's get to it. So I already owe you Seven one games. lunch. I already owe you one lunch. You owe me one lunch. But right. It's to be for another lunch. So basically, mm-hmm. this is a free roll for me to use All another right. gambling term. Free roll. Yeah. Don't I can't lose lunch here. Uh, that means if you win, Sean, I wouldn't owe you a lunch. I just mm. don't get the lunch that I want, so it's that makes free sense. roll for me. I, I don't lose anything in yeah. this transaction, okay. but you have all the risk. All right, Sean, game number one. It is the battle. It is one of the battles for the NFC. The Cowboys are going on the road to take on the Giants. Cowboys at Giants. Cowboys at the Giants. What are you looking at off screen there? I got an email from Amazon telling me that okay. somebody near Serbia is trying to log into my my uh, my Amazon account. That's not great. Maybe, so should, maybe we should check that out. I'm going to have to yeah. hit the deny button. Um, okay, so the um, Cowboys and Giants. Cowboys at the Giants. Must win game for like, both. This is, this, is actually, this is the first time it's worth watching an NFC East game all season long. Oh, I think that's the – terms of the line giants minus 
one and a half. Okay. I, I mean, do I have the? Yeah, I have the button on here for this. Mm. That'd be a no. It is Cowboys minus three. Sean, you have to learn that the Dallas Cowboys generate all the money. Okay, all the money goes on that's the Cowboys. Stupid so they're though. Always... That's, that's... Okay. Mm. Cowboys minus three. Right. The line there. Sorry. Give me the Giants. I'll take the Giants. I will take the Giants. All right. Go Can't wait for catching with Crespin on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, the let me. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to scroll through the list here to find games with some. Oh, Sean, we'll put your team on the list. The Broncos hosting the Raiders. Broncos hosting the Raiders. Raiders have Raiders owned them earlier in the year, but this is a team who's who's really having issues right now. Uh, let's say Raiders minus three and a half. Raiders minus three and a half. It's the hook that gets you every time, Sean. Oh, what is it? Raiders minus two. The extra oh. hook. The hook. Gotcha. Damn it. The All hook. right. Minus two. It's open it, Raiders. This opened at Broncos minus three. It has now moved to Raiders minus two. So how could it much possibly open? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. The home three, man. The home three. Um, Sunday afternoon, a game with a lot of playoff implications for the team involved. Packers at the Bears. Packers at the Bears. Packers minus six and a half. Packers minus six and a half. The hook once again. Ah, Sean Crespin in. Packers minus five. Packers minus five. That is 0 for 3 for Mm -hmm. Sean at the start of the show here. (laughs) Um, Let's pick another game with some playoff implications. The Titans at the Texans. The Titans need this one in order to get into the postseason. Uh, Titans at the Texans. Titans minus four and a half. Titans minus four and a half. That'll be another lunch for me. Uh, it opened at Titans minus four and a half. It currently sits at Titans minus seven and a See, half. I should get so, the point for that. That's garbage. Why? That's not what, no because you can't you can't walk into a sports book in Vegas or if you live in a state where you can you can bet in a place. Mm-hmm. You can't walk in and say I'd like the Titans minus four and a half. It doesn't exist anymore, Sean. Right. That's like going in. But all, going, that's like going in now, asking for the you know the after Thanksgiving deals. Can I get all I the, can the go deal? with? No, sir, the deal doesn't exist anymore. But all I can go with is what the teams have done in recent games. You know what I mean? Like, so I nailed the opening number. I feel that's pretty good. Excuse, Next one. Next one. Excuse, Next excuse. one. Why? You've, you've you've gone all for four. You just want to try to Let's go for all for it. seven. Let's just right, go fine. for seven. Fine. Let's go for it. Uh-huh. Chargers at the Chiefs. Chargers at the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs have nothing to play for, so you have to take that into consideration. Um, you have to take that into consideration. I'm glad you're taking it into consideration. Let's go with. Oh my gosh, do they even play Mahomes? Like this is a tough one. I'm gonna go Chiefs minus two and a half. You have the wrong team favored in this game, Sean. You have the wrong that. team that. favored in this game. It is the Chargers minus three and a half. You are now 0 for 5 on the show today. So I'm guessing, I mean, continue. no Mahomes, no Hill, no every Andy Reid's not even going to coach. I guess they're assuming that. I yeah. don't even think they've even announced No, they have Andy uh, Reid's not even going to coach in that game, apparently. All right, go ahead. Ravens at the Bengals, game number six. Ravens Ooh, at Ravens, the Bengals. Ravens have to have it. Let's go Ravens minus Ravens have to have it. six and a half. Ravens minus 13, Sean. There's not even an excuse you can come up with for this one. Ravens that's minus thirteen. Brutal. That's one of the worst ones you've had. I just don't. I, I don't buy. Yeah, it really is. I don't buy the Ravens. So I went zero for seven. You're struggling today. All right, that's bad. You went zero for six. We're gonna go one oh, more. We got one more. All right. The Washington Football Team at the Philadelphia Eagles. The other game that is important in the NFC East race. The Washington Football Team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Try to save yourself from the rare zero yeah. for seven. Week. Let me. I gotta. I gotta concentrate. 
Let's go. You're looking something up. I can feel it. No, I'm really not. Let's go Washington minus two and a half. Two and a half. You sure? Yes. Final answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one opportunity to no, change final, your final answer. You're probably talking about the hook. But... Oh! <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Still a lot. Washington minus one and a half. Ooh. Washington minus one and a half. Ooh. Just got it in. One for six on the day, everybody. I got a man. I get two lunches now. I got feeling pretty good about that, though. Did not go over. Feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about that. Mm. Ended, ended on a high note. You're mm-hmm. going into next week on a one winning streak. So <laughs> exactly right. Feels, feels good. Exactly feels right. Good going in uh, to the playoffs. Uh, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of the show. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. We post a lot of clips on there, social media features, Simone sound off, shooting with Schubert, which I believe will return tomorrow. We'll have some, we'll have some bowl picks yep. for you this weekend. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean at SCrespin02. Follow Jordan Simone, who will be back next week at Jordan Simone 38. Rate, subscribe, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Pocket Cast, wherever you consume your podcast. Rate, subscribe, follow, share the show with your friends. We greatly do appreciate it. Everybody, enjoy the New Year's. When we talk to you again, it will be 2021. So hope everybody has a safe end to 2020 and a safe beginning to 2021. We will talk to you on Friday.